All right, it's time to get your head right, get your game right. You know, it's get your game right time with Andy Dirks. Everything that we've done up to this point has been to try to benefit anybody out there who struggles with the daily grind of life or struggles with something in their life to help them get through it, whether it's baseball, that's our focus primarily, but we've gone into other things. Today on the show, I have one of my good friends I met through baseball, Matt Tuiasa Sopo, whose family's name runs deep in football, and he made a name for it in baseball. Matt, great to have you on the show, man. What up, Darcy? Thanks for having me, buddy. Of course, with that comes, we both played the outfield, right? So in 2012, and this is when I first met Matt, I was coming off of a decent rookie season. Uh, Matt came to us from uh, Seattle. And we were in spring training. And one thing I noticed was this guy was getting after it. And I'm not talking like lightly. Like when we're in the gym workouts, he sweated through before I even get to my first workout. And you start noticing things about a guy, right? And he's the big dude. He's like not, not, not fat, but he's the big guy. He's the big, strong guy. He's like, you know, six foot two, 230 pounds of pure man. And we're running sprints, and he's winning sprints. And I'm like, I like this guy already. I knew right then, like when we first went into that first spring training, that this dude was legit. He was there to work. He was there to get better, and he cared. Matt, can you give just a little bit of your pre-story right before you got into that spring training, what you're going through? Yeah, I appreciate that. I think I was actually about – 240, 250, but I, I, I like you, the 230. Big boy. That, that sounded good. That sounded good. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I had the long hair then, too, so that, that yeah. probably didn't yeah, help yeah. my weight. But, uh, no, um, that was a fun spring training, man. And, uh, you know, I just was at a crossroads in my career where it was either go time or was, I got to find a new job. And, uh, you know, I've been struggling up and down, obviously, with Seattle uh, since 2008 was my first September call up. And I was up and down, up and down. And, you know, 2010, I was able to spend a uh, majority of the year up in Seattle, but I never really played. And, yeah, you know, being a bench player in the American League, honestly, it stinks. It's not like being a bench player in the National League where you're doing double switches and you're playing. Yeah. You know, at least, I mean, obviously, I didn't help my case, you know, with the chances that I did get. I didn't do much with it. And so I was playing, you know, once every eight, nine, you know, ten days maybe. And um, it's just that that bench life, man. It's it's tough, you know. You really uh, you feel a lot of the pressures when you do get that that starting nod to to go like ten for ten to show the coaches that I'm always you I'm, know like is, I'm a big believer in this, Matt. I think a lot of guys like us, if you can just find a way to get the chance, you can prove to them over time. Mm-hmm. Because and this is what happens, and and for every kid listening out there. We put so much pressure on ourselves, it's unbelievable. No doubt. I, I'm with I'm with everybody there. Like, we're all no the doubt. same there, right? Like, we put so much pressure on ourselves to get a hit, to get more playing time, whatever Absolutely. it is, as opposed to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. I think – and I – you can that go comes- back to this if I'm wrong, but go ahead. 2012 was the first time that you probably enjoyed – baseball a little bit it did well it, it was like at the big league level at the big league level right well 2012 was my first year actually so 2011 at the end of 2000 
11, I was in Tacoma and mm-hmm. uh, Seattle had used my last option and I was, they, I was buried in AAA, just feeling sorry for myself. I was, you know, struggling again, had a lot of ups and downs that year. And they released me at the end of that year. And um, so I was like, that was kind of a big wake up call where I was like, wow, um, I thought I was going to be in Seattle for my entire career. And yeah. when that, when that happened, um, it was like, okay, um, obviously a team's going to sign me right away. You know, I'm young. I had a, you know, I had some big league experience at a young age and I didn't sign until like, I think beginning of February, which yeah. was like, you know, that was crazy to me. And, um, you know, my age, I, I loved my agency that I was with ever since, you know, I, I, um, got drafted, but you know, they were telling me that only the nationals wanted me. And I was like, there's only one team that wants me, you know, <laughs> really? And, humbling um, experience, right? And it is it's very humbling. And, um, I told my agency, I was like, listen, I love you guys. You know, if there's really only one team that, you know, likes me, you know, I want to find out myself, you know. So yeah. I reached out to, you know, all the teams. And um, sure enough, you know, I was I was fortunate to have a couple teams respond, you know, to a couple of my emails. And uh, one of them was the New York Mets. And they're like, listen, you're going to have to come into spring training. Uh, fight for a triple A job, you know, we're not going to guarantee it to you. And so I went to, I went to Port St. Lucie with the Mets and was able to make uh, the triple A team. And that was out of Buffalo. And so I, 2012 was my first time outside of, you know, the Seattle organization. So it was refreshing. And for the first time I've just felt like, okay, like I need to enjoy this because it was taken away from me. And, you know, when something's taken away from you that you love, like that's a wake, that's a, that's a big wake up call. Yeah. And you you attack you attack it a lot differently, you know, different perspective, different mindset. And so I went to Buffalo and I had to earn, you know, everyday playing. You know, I, mm-hmm. they had prospects and they had the organizational guy. And so I had to uh, I had to earn myself some everyday playing and have That's a fun right. year there 12. in Buffalo. That was 12. 13 was that was came. 12. Correct. Yeah. That, yeah and yeah, then my bad. Yeah. And, yeah. and so and then 13, you know, I went to that same. um there was a chance, you know, I was talking with, you know, all the Rovers uh, that were coming there into Buffalo, and they're like, hey, there's a chance you're going to get a September call-up, you know, and go go up to New York. And I was like, well, I think I need to have an agent to deal with all this. So I signed with uh, Legacy out of Newport Beach and mm-hmm. and uh, ended up did not getting the call-up. Um, and so when I went into the offseason, I told my, uh, my new agency, I was like, listen, I, I did this uh, last offseason. I really enjoyed it. I loved talking with the teams. But when it comes to, you know, negotiating the money, I, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that stresses it's me tough. out. It's tough. You know? Yeah. And so, That's a, uh, you know, your focus, not that you can't, couldn't do it. It's your focus didn't need to be there right now. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah. And, and this made, you know, this made, you know, some headlines, you know, there in spring training and throughout the year there in Detroit. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I sent an email to all the teams and uh, Dombrowski got back. Um, well, I think it was uh, Vila. He got back to me. And uh, he said, hey, we like you. You know, we, we, we've tried to trade for you in the past. You know, you know, we'd love to have you in. And um, I just I really um, I really enjoy the fact that they pursued me first um, and the most at all the teams. And obviously, when you look at your guys' lineup, you know, the previous tough. year, I was like, OK, this is <laughs> going to be is tough. A tough lineup to crack. Um, and, I, you know, I talked with my agent about that and I just was like, I I I believe that I can play in that lineup. I believe that I can help that lineup. And, and you, you a lot of people to, you wanted to pursue the best. Exactly. Like, you expect exactly. the best out of yourself. You were pursuing 
a team that's going to compete. Yeah, and I was a part of two 100-loss teams in Seattle, and let me tell you, that's the worst experience in the big leagues is losing in the big leagues, especially like that. Yeah. My very first September call-up, you know, um, I was sitting in the far back left corner just watching, you know, all these veterans kind of go back and forth at each other. You know, we had an interim manager, Riggleman, who was having, you know, a lot of post-game meetings, which mm-hmm. a lot of the veterans were like, nah, like, yeah, yeah. This, is not, this is not it, boss. Yeah. You know, we ain't doing this. And, dude, there's a lot of tension. I was like, wow, this is the big leagues. This is, this is crazy, you know, like. <laughs> did, you play, um, did you play with Burnsy at all? I did in 2010. He was Love the last. Guy. He was the podcast before this. Oh, great! You I put me Burnsy after on. him. Yeah. You put me after Burnsey? man. Hey, hey, hey! But it's different, <laughs> different, different styles. Different. I tell you what, that's right? that is one one of the most uh, fun, wild, you know, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, just crazy dudes in the clubhouse, and you know, just teammates that you could ever ask to play for. I, well, I, I wouldn't have asked you on if I didn't think you were a good teammate. That's why you follow Burnsey, man. Because <laughs> this is one thing I realized in my playing career is there's people in the baseball world that not not everybody has the same path not everybody has the same journey but we have a lot in common sure and the guys who i have a lot in common with and respect a lot those are the people i really enjoy having on my podcast above and beyond the star status or the this and that because i think it i think it 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 is relative to a kid out there who wants to play in the big leagues one day a uh, coach out there who's trying to help his kids get through. This is the real world stuff. We don't. Mm-hmm. We're not here to do the fancy. Like, yeah, of course. You throw a hundred, you go to the big leagues, and you throw a hundred for a long time. You get to play in the big leagues a long time. No, no, no. I'm talking about the grinders, the shakers, the movers, the shapers of this whole uh, facet that we call the MLB, right? And mm-hmm. we we just happen to be a little bit of a blip in that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was an important blip. I think what we did was important. And I look back and I hope one day, and it took me a long time to realize this, Matt. And I've talked to you. So I've talked to Matt and Matt's a guy that I could open up to, which is very rare for me. And I remember I had a phone call with him in 2000 and probably 15. It was around Christmas time. Around Christmas. And I was struggling. I couldn't hardly walk. My back was in shambles. And I'm like, what did this whole baseball thing do to me? And I was very, very, like, on the edge of, am I going to be anything after baseball? Because uh, that, that was kind of the time I realized baseball is not going to be my end-all, be-all, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then dealing with the physical aspects. And the only guy, the only guy I ever called and opened up to like that was you. And here's why, yeah. because I know you've been through a lot. And you've you felt a lot of pain in this baseball career, and I felt like you were the only guy at that moment who could understand and give me some sort of advice to move forward. Wow, I, pre- I appreciate that, man. I mean, I'm proud of you, bro. I mean, um, you know, working through stuff, man. It's it's not it's not fun. Uh, but one, you know, one of my wife's favorite quotes that she she'd always tell me throughout my career, you know, from the moment we were dating and you know, obviously not married, but you know, some of our you know greatest moments, achievements, you know, it, it comes through adversity. There's gonna be adversity when you're on the path towards greatness or doing anything great or achieving achieving anything great in this in this life. And you know, um, I I remember that man. That was I couldn't I 
I didn't understand. I didn't understand exactly. You know, I I couldn't see you. You know, it's not like we're just down the street. Yeah. I can come over and walk with that through. You know, walk through that with you. But um, you I know, we we had we had a bond together when we were <laughs> when we were platooning together, and we just man, I I just I loved how you know you cared you cared about me as as Matt the person, and you know beyond you know we spent a lot of time off the field. Mm-hmm. You know that that season in thirteen, and you know I'm just I'm thankful that we were able to you know stay stay close and stay friends, but um it is i mean it's bigger than bigger than baseball you know we we only get to play for so long and you know um it's uh you know i i'm i'm experiencing a little bit of that now just uh recently retiring this you know past august and and um uh, i just i knew this point was going to you know come at some point mm-hmm. and um you know i'm thankful that i i have an opportunity to to kind of stay in the game on the player development side but um yeah man i think that that's that's huge man that that we're able to to help each other out and you know we're all uh we're all in the same boat together you know <laughs> we're all in this life together trying to just make the most out of it and and the way that we can go about encouraging one another and uplifting one another man it's it's crucial without a doubt and that's something that we really had going into that 13 season right so you got a 12 you had a great season uh with the Mets in Buffalo didn't get the call up right uh, right. The Tigers want you. you. You're looking at a lineup, and we're talking about Miguel Cabrera. We're talking about, like, the best of the best lineup. Probably put together in the last 10 years, in my mm-hmm. in my estimation, as far as offensive productivity, right? One of the best right. ones. It wouldn't show the numbers because we played in Comerica. But if you look at it, that's a, that's a lineup. So when you go into that, into spring training, what are your thoughts? Well, I just uh, had a baby, so that was kind of tough. I knew I was going to yeah. be down in uh, Lakeland by myself, uh, and leaving leaving my family to drive down there before spring started. It, that was tough. Like saying goodbye uh, to Abby and uh, you know holding you know Josiah. I was like, what am I doing? Like, like the feeling that you have, and you have this feeling because you have children. But when you're holding your baby, it's like this is like this gives me you know so much more than the game ever could. You know, just. Yeah what you feel inside it's like what am i doing leaving this and so i remember being in tears driving away you know from the house and looking in the rearview mirror being like okay like what am i doing and uh just drive that eight hour nine hour drive whatever it was i just remember being on that drive being like okay like it's different now like i got something to play for you know i got something to go fight for i got a i got a family my, you know obviously my wife was always been a a huge inspiration you know for when I played and now I got a kid and so I had a lot to to go into camp and and fight for and um you know that whole off season I I flew out to Denver um once every kind of week and a half I'd fly out to Denver and uh it was it was this was a new thing I'd never done it in my career it was a couple hitting guys out there uh one of my former teammates Josh Bard uh, his brother, uh, Mike Bard, had a facility out in uh, Parker, Colorado. And so uh, I'd fly out there, and they kind of pretty much revamped my swing. And so I went into that spring training um, feeling really confident with a, a lot of the changes that, I've, that I'd, I had made. And um, it, it didn't get off to a good start. I think I struck out like a dozen times in the first week, yeah. you know, week and a half. It was It was tough, but, you know, I just – every day I drove – to the park in the morning i you know i had uh you know a lot of the music that you know just kind of gives me encouragement and inspiration i just 
I just put on the music and I, you know, I'd say my prayer before I step out of my truck. And I believe I, I, I just say, God, I can do this. Like, you know, you can give me the strength to, to do something that probably nobody here in the facility, nobody in the fan base, you know, would, would see coming. And I just believe that in my heart. And, um, finally things started to turn around and had some success. And, and as each day kind of went by and I, you know, I remember hitting a you know home run off of Strasburg and that kind of set it off a little bit. And it just for, you know, the last two and a half weeks was able to put together some good at bats, good games. And then, uh, you know, you kind of get a feeling, you know, when things are happening, you know, when good things are going to kind of happen. And, uh, once uh, Leland started giving me some outfield reps, because I was the only backup first baseman that camp, remember? And and um, yep. it was just I had to play first. for I had to piggyback Prince basically every day. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, if I rhyme back, it was actually the day that Prince couldn't make the trip to uh, Port St. Lucie. We were on the road, and my first home run, that's right, I think my first home run that spring was – there in Port St. Lucie because I got a, a start that I wasn't even supposed to I wasn't even supposed to have. But you were ready for a, that start. Oh, I was. Yeah, and I hit a home run off of uh, I think it was Dylan G. Yeah, smacked. Oh, I absolutely, absolutely crushed that one. It felt so good, and it was from that moment on I just went on a tear. Yeah, and um, but it started in the you know if you ask me it was just the mindset you know and the mindset and the belief you know just just with you know holding on to my faith holding on to my belief and, and that I can, I can go out there and, and do something uh, that nobody thinks, you know, is possible. And um, you know, obviously when you're around, when you're around great hitters, you know, that we had there, mm-hmm. man, it's contagious. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like you always hear that, you know, hitting is contagious. And when you're around those dudes, you can't help but pick up, elevate your game. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so that definitely helped being able to watch, you know, the Miggies and the Prince and the Tories and, and um, that was a uh, it was an incredible uh, uh, opportunity that uh, that I had to be a part of that team with you and all the you know all of our guys. So thirteen for me was like you know twelve was my best year ever, freaking mm-hmm. crushing it, living the dream. Oh man, Andy's this, Andy's that. Going to thirteen, uh, everything's just like it should be, right? Ran into a right. wall uh, into the wall in left field in spring training. I remember that. Yeah, busted up my kneecap. We found out later my kneecap was fractured, uh, but I played on it. And we didn't yep. do, do that until the off season later, right? So, yep. but at the same time, you know, I'm out there playing. We're all in it together. And this is one thing that is tough, uh, tough, I think, for a lot of young kids to understand is I wanted to win ball games and I wanted to be part of a winning organization, regardless of the outcome. Right. Uh, for me, for myself, yeah. because I knew if I'm around winners and this goes back to what you just said, you're around greatness. It makes you great. Correct. If you're around other people who want to complain, want to moan, want to do this and that, it, it starts can, rubbing off on you. It can drag you down. Right. Yeah. And I don't care what organization it is, what happens. And that's something that we had in 11, 12, 13 when I was there with the Tigers was there was no complaining. Nobody complained about playing time. Nobody complained about this. When I look at the numbers, Matt Tuiasosopo's OPS versus lefties was way better than mine, right? Like, mm-hmm. how can I ever have a case that Matt Tuiasosopo can't play? This is one thing I really respected about you, Matt. Not only did you bring the Thunder on the offensive side, you played defense 
like your life depended on it. And I respected <laughs> you for that so much. Like you would, you would literally, you know, you're not the fastest guy. Oh no. Right. No, but you, and no. you're not, you, you went and, from a first base position to left field. And you literally, I remember in Comerica Park, I don't know which game it was. I don't even know if you can look up the highlight. But you were running for a ball like it was between life or death. And you lay out for this ball. Your face hits the turf at, at a record speed. Like you should have broke every <laughs> orbital bone in your body. I, I, yeah, I, I know that. And you I catch the this ball. About. And, the, you know, the feeling of me. Coming in, I'm like, yeah, let's go, baby. You know, and it was like, that's the energy you could bring to the squad. And it I, and it was like, it almost makes me right now, like, look back and be like, I was not played, but that was so cool, man. To see a guy who was just putting his all, his heart, his soul into that play and it worked like, yeah, get it, man. Let's go, baby. You know? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm a, I've always been, you know, passionate, you know, uh, my upbringing, obviously, with my dad, you know, playing, um, you know, in the league, you know, in the NFL for <clears throat> the amount of time he did and my brothers. And I was able to learn from, you know, my older siblings um, and just, you know, if you're going to do something, you know, you do it right. You, you know, you play it with all your heart and yeah. um, you, you give it your all. And, um and so I just I tried to do that, you know, uh, my whole life. And um, you know, you look at you, you just think about that team. I mean, we we were playing with Gold Glovers, MVPs, All Stars, and that's a good team. You know, yeah. I think the only the only non All Stars on that team were on that <laughs> starting on that starting nine, you know, that would run out to the field was that left field position, me, you, yep. and, and Donnie. Yep. And um, and you just it's like I'm not gonna let my teammates down. I'm Verlander's on the hill. I'm not like I got to catch everything for him. You know, yeah. whoever it was Anibal. I mean, Fister, whatever. Like, I just did not want to let them down, and I didn't want to let Skip down. You know, Skip. He took a chance on me. He. I didn't have to make the team. He could have been like, oh well, you know, two of you. Yeah, you surprised all of us. You, you know, you had a great camp. You know, have fun in Toledo. We'll call you if we need you. You know, yeah. but he took a chance on me, and so uh, even more so, I was like, I'm gonna give everything I have every day. You know, I might not feel 100%, but dang, I'm going to run as hard as I can, and I'm going to dive, and I'm going to try to catch everything. Like you said, I'm, I wasn't an outfielder. I mean, um, you know, I, I was, you a, I was you a shortstop, I was you a shortstop that moved to the corners as a third baseman and then first baseman, and then I spent a little bit of time in left and right, you know, in some of the other organizations. Um, but so what people don't understand is left field is the most difficult position in the outfield, I think. Fact. You know, yep. it, I I'm played – I played center and right, and man, left field is is one of the toughest. Just just with how the balls are coming off, both the lefties and righties is different than the other two, and you don't yep. really get those true you know ball flights coming out to you, and you got some funky funky balls coming at you, and um, and so I I mean I yeah I just I I just tried to to do everything I could to uh you know make the plays that I needed to make mm-hmm. you know so I didn't look so I didn't look silly out there and then give. Leland a reason like well we can't put him out there you know just just make the plays that you're supposed to make and if you make the great if you make any great ones freaking great like that's awesome but yeah you know just don't make any 
don't make any silly. I think silly I think plans. some of it came down to your preparation too, because you know you're in a new spot, you're in a new city, you're in a new position, and you took and you were you were one of the only people that that took shagging as seriously as me. And I remember we would go back and forth, and it's like <laughs> pitchers get out of our way. You know, and we would we would go back and forth, and if you, when we were both in there for a group or whatever, and it's like we were getting after it. You know, we had something to prove every single day that this is, oh. we're getting better. And I enjoyed I, I enjoyed like having you out there because it always pushed me to be better in left field, and I was I, pushing you to be better in left field. Yeah, I, we we didn't have the luxury to you know to go out there and chill. I mean. You know, you make it to the big leagues, and you're like, yeah. okay, well, I don't, I don't have to do all the work that I used to do in yeah. AAA or in AA because I'm in the big leagues. This is what you do in the big leagues. It's like, no, we need to stay sharp, you know, because we're not playing every day. So even more reason for us to go get those game reps. But no, I was laughing because I always used to remember how, <laughs> how mad Donnie Kelly would get when those pitchers wouldn't get out of the way and he couldn't yep. take his game reps. And yep. I'd just be like, man, just run into them. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll get the, they'll get the hit and. um you know, yeah, it's just those are those are the best reps that you can get. And if any kids are listening to this, I, you know, if you're taking batting practice, you know, you know, at your your school, or whatever, like the best reps to prepare you for a game are those reps during batting practice, like Back. not during the outfield drill in a in a when a coach is putting a ball in the machine or he's hitting off of a fungo. Like, no, you get those the best preparation during the batting practice reps. And so I always remember hearing that from some of the outfield rovers that I had before. And, and um, I'd always just, you know, I'd feel so much better going into the game that night knowing, okay, I busted my ass during BP. I feel like I covered all the different balls I might get, you yep. know, the ball coming in, the lefty that's flaring it down towards the line, you know, a hook job from a righty, you know, something I got to go get in left center gap. And I just, you know, when you, when you're prepared, you're just so much more confident. And so I didn't, I did not want to be unprepared and go into the game and have that, that doubt in my mind, like, am I, you know, am I ready for this? And, you know, and so uh, that was all part of it. Being able to react is 99% of it. Like get, get your work done to where you can just react same way in hitting, right? Like we're always refining our swings and, and trying to swing at good pitches I know uh, in the first half of that season, you seemed like you were so locked in. And I remember watching. I'm like, he's not going to swing at a ball. And if they make a mistake, he's going to punish them. And then going into – and this is, this is just the way the game works, right? You're so locked in. You get a little less playing time for whatever reason. Who knows? You know, uh, you could have probably just kept playing every day and maybe established a career and – we would be having a different conversation, but it didn't work out that way at that time to you get less playing time. You go into the last third of the season and me and you were struggling our butts off. Yeah. Like literally it was like, who, I think what Skip was thinking in his head is who can I put in right now? That's going to be the worst of two options. Right. And, and I feel bad for him that he had to go through that. And it's not like either of us were trying to do bad. No. But I remember that last half, that last, probably the last quarter of the season. I don't think I got a hit in September, bro. I don't think I got a hit. Yeah. And it was, it was a struggle and, and my body was hurting and, and we could come up with every excuse imaginable. Right. But we were literally just sustaining 
death. Like we were trying to figure out. And I remember like looking at you and I'm like, I know he's exactly the same way I am. It's like, I'm like, I felt bad for you. I felt bad for myself. And I'm like, I just want to get out of this some way, somehow. And I don't know how. Right. That was the first, I think that's the first time in my career. And then towards the last about five games, I started coming out of it and and started hitting and Mm -hmm. doing good. So I went about a week and a half where it was like, this is awful. So I went from hitting like 270 to like 250 after 450 at bats, which Mm -hmm. takes, that takes a a little bit. Right. And, and um, I remember sitting there and then, then what happened was our playing time was sporadic because Johnny Peralta came back and was started to play left field, looking forward to the playoffs. So we're, we're all playing less. Johnny's playing more. When we got our at-bats, it was like, I don't know what we're going to do. And we had – and you say Castellanos too? Yeah, and Castellanos was playing left. And me and you had our little – like literally we hit a blurb of a slump. Like, like everybody does through a season, you know, you're going to hit yeah. that little bit of a, oh, this isn't quite working the same to Johnny came back. We got a, a Inglesias member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Castellanos came up in September and we it was like, we were splitting time between five people yeah. <laughs> in yeah, left field tough. and me and you getting the least amount. And every time we got in, it always seemed like, I remember you faced, I think it was Clayton Kershaw and you hadn't played in like two weeks and here's Clayton Kershaw. Good luck. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the big leagues, dude. That is such the big leagues. Like, like, and that's, that's what makes it, you know, so much more impressive with, you know, year in and year out guys like, you know, Miggy Altuve, you know, just all these hitters that are just every year for the 162 game season just raking yeah like people understand like how difficult that is and and you're right I mean for that first half I really had that belief you know I obviously I marked every lefty you know mm-hmm. I, I knew every series we, we went into every start I was gonna have I was gonna have the lefty and so I knew that okay like this lefty is not gonna get me out like uh, yeah. I don't care like I don't care what his you know career has been like he's not gonna get me out and you know, that sort of belief, that mindset, um, that single-mindedness of, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, I come into the field before the game. This is what I do. This is my routine. This is my approach, you know, from the cage to the batting practice routine to, okay, this is um, getting ready for a pregame meal and, uh, you know, pregame preparation. It's like just that whole mindset is like, I'm going to dominate. I'm going to rake today. This is, this is who I am. This is what I do. Like, like anything other than that is not even like, doesn't even cross your mind. Like there, there was literally like, there was never any doubts. And the moment that, you know, a couple games didn't go my way. And I started, you know, I think uh, towards the end of August, I I started dipping under 300 for the first time in the year. And you just kind of, there's okay. Like a little tension. You kind of start, you start to scramble a little bit like, okay, well, where'd that feeling go? Uh, where, what, man, I, I, I kind of lost that feeling I had. So you try, you, you start searching for things, yeah. you know, yeah. you start searching for, you know, drills that can, can get that good feeling back. You start searching for, 
you know, do I need to change my stance a little bit? And you mm-hmm. start looking at video. I'm like, okay, this doesn't look right. I need to do this. And you just, you become double-minded. You kind of, you look in the, it's like you look in the mirror, you see yourself, you walk away, you come back. And before you get back to the mirror, you forgot what you look like. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I, I, that was my case that last month, month and a half. Um, and that is honestly uh, kind of was the story. When I look back at my career, that that's why I always struggled with. I, I would, I would have so many ups and downs and roller coasters throughout a year uh, because I'd be going great. And then the moment like things would start going down and I have a slump, I, I would just mentally, you know, I couldn't stay strong, but like, Hey, like just keep grinding, you know, stick yeah. with what you're doing. You're going to be okay. And then I just, I would just start searching for all these things and get lost. And, you know, you, everyone's going to go through their, you know, their ups and downs, but, you know, obviously you try to keep those at a minimum and mine just were too often and, you know, for too long, you know, yeah. I, and, and so that was kind of, you know, one of my struggles, my entire career is just that mental, that mental battle, being able to play at the big league level mentally, you have to be so tough because the, as far as gifts and talent wise, I mean, you know, everyone is pretty close to each other. Obviously there's a couple you know, there's a handful there's the, that are. I always there's say, a, there's it, a handful of leaks. You know, that there's the handful, the, but everybody else. Twenty percent. Like, there's twenty percent that are that good, and then yeah. there's eighty percent of the rest of us who so we're all we're all right there, but we're know. right behind the the eighty percent are pretty close to the twenty percent, but the twenty exactly. percent do it a little bit better, right? Exactly. But for me, I, I everyone was always like, "What's the di- what's the, what's the difference?" And I was like, "It's the mind. It, it's yep. how mentally strong they are, and like they don't they don't waver. They don't waver in their beliefs. They don't waver in you know what you know what it is they're able to do day in and day out. And yeah, they might get lost you know here and there, but it's, it's only like for a series or maybe yeah. two series. Yeah. But they the, but they get right back into what they do. And this is know? one thing I've seen about the best. Yeah, and one thing that that I've done, you know, I we had to do, I did had to do through college. You had to do through the minor leagues, but you forget. Yeah, it's not you're good enough. Every time that you step in the box, what the best do is, regardless of when you get on deck and your swing's not feeling right or whatever, they compete, mm-hmm. and they compete at a different level than most of us are willing to do on a daily basis. I'm talking about every single pitch, everything matters, regardless. Victor Martinez, perfect example. Not, oh, he, had a, he had a crazy first half. I've never seen anybody hit like that in the first half. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that anybody – it's not like Victor Martinez is the best hitter ever. I think he just cared so much and took pitch by pitch by pitch better mm-hmm. than anybody I've ever seen in my whole career. Yeah. I think at one point in 2011, he was hitting like almost 300 with two strikes. Yeah. Which is, is <laughs> you know, the, and that, the, the, the average in the MLB was like with two strikes, he hit like a buck 20. And he's almost hitting 300 with two strikes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then in 2012, is that when he – I think that's when – the whatever year he had his knee surgery – he came in and the first part of the season he's hitting about a buck ninety for a half of a season with a lot of at bats. He ended up hitting almost three hundred. That was what that was that was thirteen. That was that was, 13. The, that was yeah. So he was he hitting was, under two hundred. I mean it was it was one of the hardest <laughs> yeah. two hundreds I've ever seen. 
But yeah, he he hit under 200 for that first half, and then that second half was he hit like 298 or what? You can you can look it up, but but he he literally grinded every at bat every day, and that's one thing that that is is tough to understand for young hitters. So we we're so inclined to point the finger at our mechanics or our ability or this or that. And we forget when you get in a batter's box, when you're feeling good, it's easy. You mm-hmm. know, you're relaxed. Everything's happy go lucky. Uh, if he makes that mistake, you're seeing the ball. Well, if he makes a mistake, you're going to hit him hard. But when you're not going good and he makes a mistake and you foul it off and in the big leagues, you might get two mistakes a day. Yeah. You get four at bats. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you get two at bats and you get, you know, somebody comes in for you, but you might get two mistakes that whole day and you miss one and you're like, well, <laughs> now what, you know? So yeah. it's, it's tough to like focus in and dial in and battle and, and compete at that level because I'm, I'm talking about a, a competition level that's different than, you know, when I was in college and the guy was throwing, 86 to 88 with the same slider and the same changeup of us as I've seen out of the last three years. Mm-hmm. These guys are in there to get you out. Yeah, they're there because they can get a lot of people out, and you have to capitalize on those mistakes. And I think what 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 sometimes I go back and if I have to look, it's like I my lack of competition at times and worrying more about myself than actually competing in the at bat and worrying more about my swing or what I could do as opposed to what's he going to do and how can I compete against it hurt me. Yeah. You get caught up in, you get caught up in your feelings, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, I was, I had a thought when you're talking, it's like most of the time I tell these kids, you know, when uh, I have opportunity to, to work with some of the teams and kids out here that uh, my in-laws have a, they have a facility, but you know, I tell them when we're working on, you know, offense, it's like, guys, you know, majority of the time, like our adjustment is not going to be mechanically. It's, it's what's your mind and what's your thoughts. Yep. And um, the first thing cannot be okay. Like, is my elbow too high or are my hands too low or, is my leg kick like it's not going to be a mechanical thing? It's just get your mind right, you know, or get out of your feelings, you know, uh, you know, change your thoughts. Like so much, so many kids, and I and I can speak for myself. There's so many times I had so many negative thoughts, you know, at some moments in my career when I was stepping in the box. It's like, how the heck am I going to hit when I have all these type of thoughts going on? Yeah, in my mind, it's like I'm not even concentrating on this pitcher that's standing on the mound that has the ball in his hand about to try to strike me out. It's like I'm caught up in all my feelings and my my thoughts, and it's like you can't be successful that way. You you know, like you say, you can't compete. You can't compete when you're all up in your feelings. You can't. And and um and so that's you know that's something that uh you know just the whole mental side of you know competing and and, and uh just trying to go out and, and and play is is why I really spend a lot of time stressing the kids when I'm working with them. Obviously, yeah, we work mechanically here and there, but. I'd really try to make sure kids, hey, like, hey, they're having fun and they're at peace, you know, because you got to find your freedom when you're out in the field in between the lines or else, you know, you're not going to be able to compete to the, to, to the capability that you have and uh, that high level that you want to play at. And uh, I think I think that's one word, freedom, that I felt in that first half in Detroit. I mean, I, I felt so free when I was out there. 
And then that, when I started struggling, no freedom, <laughs> no freedom and a lot of fear. Yeah. And you can't, you cannot play the game in fear. And, um, and so that was, uh, it's, it was a big learning experience and, you know, something that, uh, I'm looking forward to when I start managing that, uh, you know, hopefully that can impart to, you know, the kids that I'm able to be with. You know, looking back, the I, I think that freedom, like you're talking about, I learned that in the Dominican Republic playing winter ball at a uh-huh. high level, right? Yeah. Because uh, Latins play the game a little different than we do in the U.S. because we're more sure. of that football uh, mentality country. We're like, uh-huh. get after it. Like, everybody go hard where the Latins are more, like, laid back. They're easy yeah. going. They're like, oh, too sabe, man. It's going to be okay. Like, chill yeah, exactly. out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Where we're all, like, high strung. Pressure. Oh, let's roll. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> And I try to express that to kids all the time, like, Baseball is different than football and basketball. No doubt. Because football, you know, you have extreme and it takes extreme focus and extreme intensity, but it's it's a physical game. Where baseball, mm-hmm. it's all of a sudden, here you are, uh, two outs in the bottom of the fifth, tie and run at second, you need to produce after really not doing anything the whole game other than going out to your position and coming back. Maybe you got to hit, hit earlier or whatever. But it's like goes from zero to a thousand in a second, right? Yeah. There's no flow to the game in that aspect. And then it's you're standing in the box waiting on a pitch. Your thoughts are going through your head. Where in football, it's like, here's the play. Let's go out and execute. Okay. Mm-hmm. I need I know I need to go kill this left guard right now. Yeah. You know? Or whatever it is. Or I need a, I know I need to stunt into this gap and I'm gonna go as hard as I can into that gap. In baseball, if you go as hard as you can, that's great but it might not produce the best result. Yeah. You know, like, okay, he's going to throw the slider and I'm going to attack it as hard as I can. Like that doesn't work. You know what no. I mean? <laughs> like, Oh, Oh, uh, uh, I'm in left field and every single play, you can't just be like, I'm about to attack this as hard as I can. No, because you might not get a ball hit to you for eight innings. And then the one in the ninth is the one that matters, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, Tusave, relax. Let's just keep this in perspective and go from there. And that's what it's tough for, uh, I think, uh, dads and parents in America to help their kids understand because we're a work hard, work hard, go get it type of society that says, you know, you need to be on your toes. You need to be ready for every pitch. But there is a laid back sense to baseball. It's a laid back intensity, right? Yeah, especially absolutely. on the defensive side of the ball. Like if you're if you want to go get it every single pitch, if you go to play in the big leagues, you'll die about game twenty. <laughs> like you'll be dead. <laughs> like they'll be putting your uh, tombstone up. Here's the guy that tried really hard, you know. And, yeah. Uh, a great, great to you. But there is a laid back intensity to the game, and it's part of using your brain and understanding how, you know, how can I benefit like for me and on the defensive side of the ball it's like pitch one okay look around in the stands like get my mind off baseball for a second then come back into it okay he comes set i'm i'm ready to rock and yeah. every time like boom boom and and that's what's what that's what makes it a tough sport yeah i mean obviously you, you look at the intensity levels you go to a high school baseball game you know Oh man, it's so intense. Yeah. You know, but when we were there, like we we ate that up. We were so intense. And then 
you know, obviously I didn't go to college, but then it just gets intensified even more. Yep. And you have a little bit, you have a longer season. All right. But then once you get to pro ball, it's like, you, if you're that guy, you come there, everyone's looking at you like, dude, shut up. Like, what yeah, are you chill doing? Out, like, like, chill out, man. We got, we're going to be here for four hours. <laughs> like, yeah. relax. Like, yeah. I mean, and that for me, that was a big change for me. Cause I was always, you know, um, I was always pretty vocal and passionate. You know, obviously I come from a football family, so I have, you know, what you spoke about, like, that's yeah. just what was kind of my nature. And I, I still brought that, but then it's just like, okay, like, yeah, I mean, I can still bring passion to the game, but like, I have to, you know, I have to be able to control it and, you know, sustain it for, for an entire game and then an entire month. And, you know, now you're doing it every night, every night, as opposed to two times a week. And then you got to do it for 140 plus games in the minor leagues, you know, and obviously the yeah. uh, 20 more in the big leagues. That's like, it's mentally, you know, you, yeah, you have to concentrate, you have to focus. Um, but and you got to be able to turn the page every pitch, turn the page every pitch, and so that's why by the time 162 game is over, like mentally, you should be so drained, me- you know, more mentally than I think physically, because just, yeah. um, you know, I I think it, it, it baseball is the toughest sport. It, it it wears you out physically just from our schedule of playing every day you know, traveling through the nights, obviously in the minor leagues on buses and playing that night after you arrived at four o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning. Um, then obviously the big leagues, the travel gets a lot nicer, but big league travel is still difficult. I had to play in Seattle and I had to fly cross country everywhere. We had the worst travel and, and yeah, we, you know, we have the nice plan and all that, but it takes a toll on your body. And then just the whole mental grind and that battle. I mean, it, uh, it takes a lot, it takes a lot out of you. Um, but it, but again, I mean, that's that's why the game is so great. Yeah, you know, that's why that's why it's so hard and it's so great. And that's why when you succeed, it's like, man, take joy in that. You know, take you know, enjoy that those moments. You know, because it's so hard to do and and just have the perspective and, and and know that hey, failure is a big part of this game. So don't kill yourself over it. You know. Don't kill yourself over if the greats are going to fail more than seven. If they're going to fail seventy percent of the time, then <laughs> then you're going to probably fail seventy-five to eighty percent of the time, possibly, <laughs> or a so or a hundred percent of the time at times. Take, and that's just take, life, right? Take 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 joy in your work and, yeah. and just know that hey, it's going to be okay. And um, I love that. I think I think you learn that as you go, as you get older, as you get longer yeah. in your career, you just. You know, everybody always says, yeah, "I wish I would have. I, I wish I would have known this ten years ago, or seven years ago, of or fifteen years ago." But that's that's part of your journey of just growing as a as a man and as a human being and as an athlete. And um, you know, that's what we get to we get to. You know, that's why you're doing this podcast. You know, yep. imparting the wisdom that you've gained and that you you gained yourself and from other people. And you, know, you want to bring other people on here to impart you know what they've learned to others and. To, to you know to bless other people and help them on their journey and um yeah man it's a it, it's a it, we had a fun time together bro you know yeah, in our careers did. individually you know we had a, we had a fun time playing our you know playing this game and I mean, we had a great time together in 13 i want i want other people to have a good experience too absolutely you know? and i want other people to look back and be like you know as they're going through how do i find my matt to yasasopo or how do i find you know, a guy like Burns or how do I find uh, Jim Leland and, and understand what they're like? And it, because 
we, I never had a reference going into it. You didn't, mm-hmm. you know, you had your football reference, but it's different in the baseball world. Like you made your own path and it was like, you had to find the ways to get through that path that nobody in your family could tell you. Nobody outside there could really tell you other than a few guys who had maybe played, but there's not, there was never a resource to say, Hey, this is some stuff you might face. I want you to succeed. We'll tell you. And there is a point where you're either willing to do it or willing to go succeed or willing to listen or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You got You got You got to find the, you got to find a good group of people to, to, to have your back, to be around you. Yeah. Um, obviously you gotta, you gotta have that, that backbone when you, when you go off to, to compete, but then when you're there on your team, you gotta find, you gotta find, <laughs> you know, one or two, you know, however, I mean, if it's, if you're able to find more then that's great, but you got to find one or two, you know, and I feel like us on the bench that year, me, you and Donnie, you know, and, and even Pena, you know, we get Pena yeah. in the mix. And oh, it's yeah. like the, I felt like our bench that year, we did a really good job of, of being there for each other. And shoot, when you did something well, man, I felt like I did something well when you did something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I felt yeah. that I was like, you know, that a boy Dursey or Kelly or whatever. Like when we just come off the bench, it's like, I was I was in the plate I, I was at the plate with you yeah you know so it's like I when you failed I failed with you when you yeah. succeeded I, I felt that joy with you too and and that's the um, team aspect that's tough to find now yeah like literally yeah. literally and that's one thing I think we had rare on that bench was I never felt like I was competing for playing time I felt nope. like it was like I was playing, and this is, I, and you know why? I think Skip did a good job of defining roles, and I yes. think Skip did a good job of like letting, as the leader, letting us understand, you know, for this particular moment, this is the way we're operating. Yeah, and he didn't waver from that. No, nope. and, and I think that was the leadership aspect, right? That big I time. At the time, we probably didn't even understand, but we had such good leadership through skip that we i think we were all like on the same page like why this is happening i'm like okay yeah matt's better against left-handed pitching donnie's better in this situation i'm better in this situation and we were all cool with it based on what his him telling us you know exactly and we all were like then that brought us closer together too as opposed to being against each other like why am i not playing you know no i don't think that's our personalities either I think we were all grinders and we're all just like wanted to win so bad that we didn't care what it took to win. No, we just but, were like, let's win, baby. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, I mean, there was times in my career when I was there in Seattle and I was, man, I was getting pissed. I was like, coming yeah. to the field, like, man, why the hell am I not playing? Yeah. I mean, I mean, because the leadership probably didn't I mean, give I, you a good if, explanation or at least show you what, what they expect out of you. I mean, if, if I, if you give me two weeks and I hit a, a buck 50, then, all right, yeah, yeah. Send yeah. me back to Tacoma, but like, why are you calling me up for? You know, yeah. like, I, and and so there was times where I did have a bad attitude, you know, and and um, you know, I did have thoughts like that. But like you said, there in Detroit, there was no egos. You know, Skip did a great job communicating to each one of us. You know, making sure, hey, this is you know, this is this is your role for us, and we need you to do your role well. Yeah, and just worry about your role well and, and, and doing it well, and and. I think Our that's for guys. any coach, any coach out there who's listening, like us as players, we respect that and we enjoy that. Absolutely. Like we, if you have some guys who are kind of, you know, you're always going to have your number one, 
going to have your go-to for your shortstop and your center fielder, second baseman, whatever it is, and you're going to have a couple pitchers. But you need to let the guys know why things are happening and why you're doing them, and you'd be shocked because they're going to fall into those roles, and it's not just defining them as that for – it might be for that team, you know, for that yeah. season. When And me as a player, I'm not going to define myself for that role for the rest of my life, but for this season – yeah, maybe that's what we need to do to succeed, and I'm cool yeah. with that. You know, it can I mean? evolve, it, it can change. You know, it's yeah. permanent, but I, it just frees everybody up to be like, okay, like this is what I gotta do, you know, and I'm gonna do it well, and um, and and, and it can change. I remember, I remember there being rumblings that that summer, um, getting into June, July, close to all break. It's like, okay, you know, I remember reports started asking me, hey, do you think you should be starting against more righties? And so just going back to like roles can change. Yeah, of course. You know, but yeah. if you know, if you know what is expected of you for the team, then it frees you up to go be the best, you know, in that role for the, for the, for the, for the goal, for being able to reach that goal. And, you know, our goal obviously was to get back to that world series. I remember yep. watching y'all, you know, the previous fall and I stepped into that, like, that's now my goal. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we, we got to get back to the world series. There was no Miggy and Verlander you know, up at the top to <laughs> me at the very bottom, they, we were all the same. Then they, the big, the big guys, they treated me no differently than they would treat Tori or Peralta, you know, or Infante, you yep. know what I'm saying? Or they, everybody, that's what I, that's why I sat in the locker room. I looked to my right, you know, I looked to my left, I look across, I see all these, all these stars and it's like, but they don't treat me any different. They don't look down on me because, you know, I'm a journeyman who has, you know, parts of, three C four C's, whatever it's like no like i'm like i'm in it i'm in it with them and i think that that's that's what you see with winning teams and winning organizations man it doesn't matter if you're so and so at the very top of the of the whole um you know system or, or the very bottom like everybody is the same but i do think i do equal. think this like there's different ways to come into an organization you came in with how can i add value Sure. Not. Yeah, you got to come in with the right heart. And the right you didn't mindset. come in here like this is the value I'm going to add you guys. You came in like, how can I add value to the organization? Right. Like yeah. with Dombrowski, like this is what I can do. How can I help you win? Yeah. As opposed to this is how I'm going to help you win. Sure. As a, especially as a journeyman or as a whatever. And I think a lot of these guys who who don't understand that never even get a taste of what you what we felt right they yeah. don't understand like we were there to how can we help how can our ability and how can our skill set help this organization win a ball game because yeah. it, that's what it comes down to it comes down to our value to an organization and you have to humble yourself and realize you know it's going to take a little bit i'm coming into this as an eighth round draft pick and i'm coming in and there's a lot of people. So we, you think about this. So this is who I went against. Casper Wells, Brendan Bosch, uh, uh, Cleet Thomas, Deeks Graham, like guys who are better than me. Like it, mm -hmm. scouts would tell me time and time again, any scout that broke me down versus all these other guys that I passed, Jeremy Laster, would be like, Dirks is the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> they all run faster. They throw harder. They hit the ball further. Right? Right. So how in the hell does Andy Dirks end up getting to the big leagues and having this conversation with Matt Tuiasa Sopo? It's because 
you have to understand that an organization needs to find value in you to win games. That's a simple, it's a simple concept, but it's hard to understand. And that's what we did that year. We understood our value, right? Correct. Like I came off the best year of my life uh, in the big leagues and I was crushing life. Right. But scuffled a little bit in 13 and, and not because roles or whatever, just because, you know, Sometimes you scuffle in life, you know, like, yeah, you can only ride the high so long before you scuffle. Right. So I'm scuffling a little bit in 13. And there's two ways you can approach that scuffle as bitter as I should. I, I've already earned this and I should be here or just go and enjoy the moment. Enjoy your teammates. Enjoy what's going on and understanding that if all you can do is control what you can control. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what I was always attached to was everybody knew. And this is one thing I had a podcast with Gene, Gene Lamont, uh, two before this. And he said, one thing we always knew about you, Dirks, you would give us exactly what we thought you were going to give us every single day. It was going to be mm-hmm. the best efforts you had. You're going to play good defense and you were going to do your best to get hits and help the team offensively. And I'm like, what better way to be known? Then to be the guy who the manager or the bench coach is like, we knew what we were going to get out of you every single day. Yeah. It wasn't going to be based on emotion. It wasn't going to be based on uh, politics or whatever. They knew if I didn't play in a hundred days, they put me in, they knew exactly what they were going to get out of Andy Dirks. And that's why they played me, you know? It's yeah, not, absolutely. it's not that my ability level was amazing. It's not that I was so much better than everybody else. It was that they knew exactly what they were going to get every day that they played me. And then you look at matchups and different things. So against this matchup, two houses Sopo is a better option. That's all it is. It's business, right? It's mm-hmm. who can they put in the best position to win the Wago? Because what's it come down to? Winning Wagos. Yeah. Not, then this is what a lot of people, I think, get get hurt about and in the in little league it's not about winning wagos it's about building individuals right yeah it's about building kids teaching them principles doing this in the big leagues it's about winning games but in in the minor leagues it's about building individuals and winning games in college it gets to be about winning games in high school it should be about building individuals, right? So right. this is where we got to define what are we going into this season trying to accomplish? In the big leagues, it's about winning games. But we no should doubt. have already been built enough as individuals to understand that going into it to they're, they're wanting to win games. How can I help the team win games? That starts when you're uh, your 12-year-old team. If it's only about winning games, you're screwed because you haven't built individual – that can deal with what it takes to win games at a big league level. Yeah, I mean you you you're a you're a selfless you know man and a selfless player. You know, like all you care about is you know, hey, I'm with a group of men, and we're gonna only we're only gonna be able to do this together as a team. And that was your attitude, like you put the team before yourself. And I think the issue is, you know, there's there's time and there I was. You know, there's, you know, everybody's not perfect. You know, I, I, there's times where, you know, I, I was selfish and not, you know, you just, like I said, get caught up on your feelings. You only think about yourself and, 
you know, there's nothing worse, you know, for a team when you got players that, you know, lose sight of, hey, like, it's all about the team and whatever we can collectively do as a group of players to win this game tonight, you know, and, 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 and what did you, you know, tell me? What, what did you tell me about 30 minutes ago in this podcast? You told me when you played for the Tigers, because we're a high level organization at the time, it elevated your game. Absolutely. So why wouldn't we want everybody around us to be elevated? Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's, every, that's every team's dream, you but know, some, whatever, whatever level that they're out. like to be the best on the team regardless. And what I'm telling them right now is that is your end all be all. You'll be the yeah. best on, on that team, well, but never the best on another team. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you already said the word, you know, humble before, but like, you know, when you got a bunch of dudes that, that, you know, that are humble and hungry, yeah. man, you got, you got something, you know, you got something special when a bunch of dudes can, can come together and put it, put aside, you know, all that, you know, all the bull crap and, um, you know, all the, um, you know, all the selfish motives and, you know, desires and be like, Hey, like. It's, it's bigger than just myself. Yeah. You know, and that's, 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 um, that's crucial to, to winning. Uh, I think, you know, being able to keep that competitive edge day in and day out and stay hungry every night, you know, what we do, man, it's, we do the same thing every single day so it can get monotonous and it's like, yeah. you know, you can check out, but man, the great ones and the great teams, they, they, they don't check out, they stay hungry and they, and they stay humble. They, every one of them, they stay humble, and um, they 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 basically, man, they they help each other. Um, they help each other out every night, and um, I think they push that- each other. I think we, you you have to have honesty amongst yep. the group, right? Yeah. So there's no animosity. It's honesty. It's yep. not. Well, and and, and sometimes and, and sometimes there's hard truth, yeah. you know. And there's hard truth, and you got to work through that, and you got to handle it. And yeah. I, I think, and some some people, some teams, you know, whatever levels, you know, that's kind of the issue. They don't like they don't like the hard truth. They don't handle the hard truth. You know, they don't handle that stuff well. And but you're right. You know, honesty, integrity, man, it, it's huge. And sometimes it's, it's especially when we're around each other every day for six, seven months. Like, man, it's gonna be some hairy times. Yeah. But if you know that it's all part of, hey. Like we're having this this ro- a rocky patch, but it's on this path of you know we're going somewhere, you yeah. know, and and it's for a reason. We're we're having this rocky patch for a reason because we're going somewhere big, and we got to work through this, and we're not going to avoid this, you know. The, we're not going to avoid this this situation or this issue, whatever that might be. You know, people can input whatever they want to in that that thing, but um, yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta be able to. Um, to hold each other accountable, you know, and, 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 you know, put each other, you know, you know, ahead of your own self at times, you know what I'm saying? And humble yourself. And this is the way I'll put it. This is what, so this is the way we'll end it. So every day after a baseball game, when we play for the Tigers, there'd be the media would come into the clubhouse, right? Yeah. And we won a lot of games that year. We were a good team. It was and we can look back and there's times the media is in front of Andy Dirks and you have 30 cameras in front of him 
there's a time that the media is in front of Matt Tuiasasopo and 30 cameras in front of him. We all had the same purpose in mind Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And they would ask us the same questions. Do you think you should play all this? Do you think you should do this? And at the end of the day, we had each other's back enough and we understood our roles enough to know that because the cameras are on me today doesn't make a difference for the team. No. If, if it plays out that way, it plays out that way. And this is where I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying, you know, oh, well, so-and-so's uh, split in time with me, so they're better than me or equal to me. No, time will tell. And we we all know that, right? Yeah. Time will tell that. Whoever's playing the best of the time should get the reps, right? Should yeah. get the playing time, should get this. But what I'm saying is on a team, no matter whose locker those cameras are in front of that night, it can change to the other locker the next night. Yeah. So keep that in mind and keep pushing, keep striving, keep your mental game in a capacity to where you can only control what you can control and get really good at that. Understanding your roles, understanding what you're about for that season. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, man, celebrate. Don't compare. Celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate, oh, yeah. celebrate your teammates' successes. Don't compare and be like, okay, well, I'm here in my locker. Ain't nobody in front of my locker. Man, homeboy over there, man, why is everybody in front of his locker? I, I felt like I was the guy tonight. You know, mm-hmm. you just, man, comparison, man, you try to compare. Anytime I try to compare my career, why I was in AAA and why so-and-so got called up or, you know, why am I here? Why is this person there? Man, that's, those were my down moments in my career. When I was all caught up in my feelings and trying to compare, man, celebrate. You know, you should celebrate. And you know, like you said, when when your teammate, man, hit a great night, you, you should be celebrating that and not trying to, you know, have, you know, that bad attitude, whatever your thoughts are, and, you know, comparing the whole, the whole situation, on, you know, how you feel like it should be um, and celebrate, you know. Um, that's, That'll that, elevate that your will, game. That will it will elevate because that whole attitude, that mindset, man, that's man, that's that's an awesome that's an awesome outlook to have, and then it'll help you and propel you to then go and you know dominate and produce the next time yep. you're out. But if you have that bad attitude and you're comparing next when you go out to the field the next day, you still you know you're still gonna have a, a sour feeling probably, and it and, puts and pressure on attitude. Yourself. It's going to put pressure on you. Absolutely. So it's like, oh, now I have to live up to that expectation as opposed to let me go feel, let me go do what I do. Yeah. Like, oh man, you killed it. Love it. That's yeah. amazing. Now yeah. let me go do what I do. Good, bad, or ugly. I'm going to do what I do. Yeah. And then I'm over there like, kill it, dude. Let's roll, baby. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that's and what, that... that's one of the unique things we had on that team that it's hard for me to say to kids like, they don't understand the benefits of being a good teammate. They just don't. And it because it lives way past your baseball career, it lives way past life. It lives way past everything. Like be a good teammate, understand, have your boys back. Like, yeah, you're not going to get along with everybody you play with. Some guys, no. you know, you're just, you're going to, but there's a, a group of guys that on every team that you're going to find some connection with, you're going to, love life you can do stuff off the field you can enjoy life off the field go hang out at the hotel rooms if you're in travel ball uh even if they're an outfielder that's exactly like you like 
or an infielder that's fighting for your position, right? Yeah. Like, like just enjoy it. Enjoy each other's company because there's going to be a point in time where it's all over anyway. And you can be like Randy Johnson and look back at your career and say, you know, all these accolades and everything. And your biggest regret is I don't, I wish I was a better teammate. Like that is the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody. Yeah. I wish I was a better teammate Yeah, because you can be God's gift to planet earth on baseball or business or whatever. And you look back and you don't have a decent relationship or somebody to call on a hard time or somebody to have a podcast with. And you're going to say, <laughs> Holy crap. I screwed this opportunity up big time. Yeah. No, it's baseball's given baseball was a vehicle for both of us, you know, to, you know, um, make an impact on the world, make an impact on, you know, fans' lives, kids' lives. And, you know, um, you just you, you can't lose perspective. You know, baseball, yeah. while baseball, we were very passionate, and you know, we still are passionate about baseball. And baseball is not the be-all, be end-all. You know, it, yep. it, it's uh, – there's bigger things in life than the game of baseball. And, you know, um, you, you think, know that. I think and, baseball prepares you for those bigger things. Oh, absolutely. If you if you, if you approach it, it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, all, all, that's why athletics are so great, man. You, you learn so much about dealing with adversity, you know, dealing with failure, dealing with successes. How do you handle success? Yeah. Uh, you know, how to work in team group settings, you know, how to, how, you know, how to work through conflict, uh, how to prepare, how to work hard, uh, how to have the right proper mindset to you know persevere day in and day out um and yeah that's why man that's why athletics are so great and uh, especially baseball just baseball is specifically just because with the amount of failure that you're going to deal with yeah and, day over, in, day and, out, right? and being able to overcome um just that failure day in and day out i mean um push yeah, you gotta push you gotta push every day and it's the consistency factor yeah so consistency factor wins if you can find a way to be productive in whatever you're approaching or whatever you're trying to achieve consistently on a daily basis you'll win in some regard you know you might not make to the big leagues but you'll you transfer it into life you'll win there you'll win in a lot of places yeah consistency was your middle name you know gene said it we knew what you were gonna do every night and so you were consistent and that's that's why even if okay on the spreadsheet where we are evaluating, you know, some of those, <laughs> those scouts would say whatever they'd say about you. Oh, X, you know, whatever tool they want to, you know, talk about measuring you. It's like, okay, well measure my consistency, man. Like measure yeah. how consistently I go and put the bat on the ball and find a hole or find a gap, you know, measure my consistency in, uh, on catching balls and throwing yeah. the ball where it needs to go. I can have yeah. a cannon of an arm, but if I don't know where it's going or if I don't know what base to throw to, man, that crap don't matter. You know, that goes like, back to uh, – so the whole, uh, the whole uh, system right now, you know, with, the, with the, the pro scout camps and all this stuff and what they have kids do, I'm like, they're not teaching them anything. They just want to see tools, right? Yeah. And that's where I go back to – you can have all the tools in the world. doesn't mean you're going to do anything in your life in baseball. No, you have to learn how to make them apply into the real game. Yeah, I mean, how, how many, yeah, I mean, we don't, I don't know the statistics, but like that's why first rounders, you know, not that's why not every first rounder makes it to the big leagues. Not a lot of them, don't, you know, right? yeah. a lot of them, you know, it's like, you know, you gotta you gotta learn how to play the game. If you haven't learned how to play the game in the right way, you gotta 
Um, you just have to be able to understand how to apply what, you know, you know, apply your skill, you know, to the game. And, um, and the big thing, like you said, it's just how consistently can you do the right things? And then that translates into life. How yeah. consistently in my real estate business, can I go out and do what I need to do on a daily basis yep. to get clients, facilitate clients, get them to the, uh, their end means at the goal that they want Absolutely. day in and day out. And mm-hmm. the more I can do it, the better my business is. Yeah. How consistently can I be a good husband every, you know, every day when exactly. I wake up, you <laughs> yeah, know, where, exactly. what, what's, is my behavior and my actions, you know, is it, is, is it, is it, are they proven, you know, you know, the right things, you know, are, are they, my actions and behaviors consistent and, you know, I'm loving and serving my wife and my kids. Well, you know, how consistently can I do that? I mean, it's, you can, we yep. can talk about it, every little thing here and schoolwork, and, um, you name exactly. it, like schoolwork. Okay. If, if I'm consistent, so one test, I might get an A. If I don't study for the next one, I might get an F. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you got to stay consistent, though. It's not that up and down train. Uh, at the end of the day, man, what what I, I hope anybody gets out of this podcast uh, that we had today is you can unite together for a light cause that's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And both of us find that in Christ Jesus, and we both find that in how the heck do we get off this planet Earth anyway? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. we're, we both fail miserably. We both are are accomplished failures, and we both know that. But anybody who hasn't ever uh, thought about more than life than just baseball or business or whatever, you know, uh, just hit us up. Maybe there's a Bible out there waiting for you. And if not, well, we'll stay with you. When you're ready for the Bible, let us know. <laughs> I appreciate appreciate you having me, me on here, Andy, man. It was good to connect with you again, man. I appreciate it. Dude, every day of my life, I try to strive to get better. And I feel like there's days that you strive to get better. And it doesn't work. But I think today was one of them. You know, just just kind of reflecting on some of the stuff that we talked about, I think is going to help me personally, like looking back and be like, I need to implement some of this stuff again, you know, or get back to doing this a little bit better than than I am now. So, Matt, thank you so much, man. Every day is a pleasure. Everybody that's listening, this is the Get Your Game Right podcast. Uh, You can find Matt Tuiasa Sopo at what's your Instagram handle? Uh, I think it's uh, Matt underscore uh, Tuiasa Sopo. Okay, follow Matt. Uh, he's got a great family, got some kids. You need to find a guy like Matt Tuiasa Sopa in your life to help you through. Thanks again, Matt, for being on the show. We love you, man. All right, brother. Love you, man. Later.